You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number eight. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. In the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned to you that my learning in natural medicine started through books. Even though my experience with herbs and supplements have evolved, my love for books and resources truly never went away. Because of this, I'm very excited to introduce to you my guest today. Julia Whelan is a dear friend and a colleague of mine. I met Julie as a pharmacy student. She was a librarian who taught me quite a bit about literature and its importance. Later, when I became a faculty member, I began collaborating with Julie on various projects related to interpreting literature on natural products. Julie, welcome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get interested in library science? Well, actually, um, the life story is that I was interested in science, but I was not so great at math. And so this was a barrier. But then I was counseled to think about doing research in the science literature. And that, once I started to do it, fascinated me. And so then I went to graduate school in library science. And one of my very first jobs was the one you're mentioning here at the College of Pharmacy at that time. And I loved it. I love drug information. I still do. <laughs> so um, it's fascinating. You're always learning something new. You get to work with uh, professionals in the field um, and learn from them as you m do more and more research. And in some of my positions, I've also worked with patients. And um, a lot of the time I've been in this profession, I work with physicians as well. So you became a medical librarian. Right, right. What is the difference between medical librarian and someone that you meet in your public library? Well, um, it's the audience that we serve and the uh, specialized knowledge that we have because we do a lot of continuing education and um, starting right in graduate school, you can take a course in medical librarianship. Um, but I mean, when you think about it, there's a whole language of medicine, a new vocabulary. And in order to talk to your students and your faculty and your uh, health professionals, you have to know basics of that language anyway. And the more you work in it, the more you learn and, and the more um, expert you get at helping them with their research questions. So um, that's the specialty. We do a lot of database searching because evidence-based medicine is the standard now. And uh, we want to help all healthcare professionals have the evidence they need to make good decisions in patient care. 
Wonderful. And so when we started, you and I started working together, um, I saw that you had a clear interest in natural products and natural medicine. So tell me a little bit about that. I, I was very interested, am still very interested in that because so many of our medicines, and I don't think people realize this, but so many of them come from natural products to begin with. I mean, start right out with penicillin. There's more to, to um, medical care than just knowing the facts. There's um, being able to maybe bring in some therapies that help with um, compassion, that help with calming and understanding um, of the patient and, and what they're going through. And so alternative medicine to me seems integrated uh, into good medical care. And we know um, here in Boston we have a um, Dr. Kapchuk who has studied placebo effect and it's very real and can be documented and measured and um, to me that's evidence of the care that the person is receiving is healing not just the medicines and procedures that are done. So what's a placebo effect for those that might not know this term? <coughs> well when you do um, a study of a therapy, uh, um, especially a, a drug therapy, you would um, recruit patients to participate in the study and you would decide that half of them would get the medication that you want to see if it's an effective um, treatment for the issue they're dealing with and half of them you would give them a sugar pill or an injection that's just water or a pretend um, ultrasound test that the machine isn't really turned on. And then you would see um, the outcome. And we've seen over and over again, there's a, there's a real effect of the caring that takes place during the treatment, whether it's um, you know a procedure or being given a medication, and that those patients uh, have a healing effect from that, even though they didn't get an actual chemical to take into their body. Right, <laughs> right. So, but I, I don't think what you're saying is that the alternative medicine is always a placebo effect, correct? That there is no, there are, no, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. Okay. But that, um, that's one of the things that opened me up to it. You know, Very it doesn't have to be a chemical change in the body. Um, it could be more than that that okay. is healing. Definitely, definitely. And so when you and I started working together, we explored variety of different resources. And when I'm talking about resources, we looked at different books. And can you uh, talk to our listeners about the process that we actually went through when we were evaluating these resources? Um, well, the, the study that we worked on, that we published a paper on, we looked at certain um, alternative medicines and we looked at a variety of well-regarded uh, pharmacy books and medical books and saw how each one handled the information that was available on each um, treatment, each, each medication, 
alternative medication and compared that. And if they gave enough information um, for healthcare professionals to be able to understand the safety of the product, its efficacy, and other things. Okay, all right, sounds good. We looked at different uh, books and databases, but I know that in today's day and age, there is a lot more that is out there and a lot more on the web. And so very often I talk to my students and I ask them, what do you do? How do you find good information? And often I hear, oh, I just Google it. So is there anything wrong or, uh, about Googling? And if you do Google it, what's the next step? How do you actually process the information that you find? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because um, that's what most people in the healthcare professions are doing right now is just Googling it. And um, as everybody appreciates, the internet is full of so many millions and millions of websites and you have no idea of the quality of health information that's presented on these other uh, websites that you might find through Google. So um, there are some ways that you can evaluate a website and decide if it's something trustworthy, either for a decision about your own health or for treating a patient that you're caring for, or if the patient just has questions and asks you, where can I find more information about um, this alternative therapy. When you and I talked a little bit earlier, we talked about the fact that there are two different pathways, that you have a practitioner or you have a healthcare provider and you have someone who is uh, in public. And so how would, you, how would you guide these two different people to evaluate uh, websites? Well, um, I think for the general public, um, there are issues that I would assume the healthcare professional would not have. Um, for example, um, I think most healthcare professionals uh, would not look at a company website to find information or a place that was selling things. But consumers may not realize that um, they're looking at a company website. So you might talk to a patient about the endings of the URLs of, of websites and point out to them that if it ends in .com, that means that the website is from a company. And also to watch for places that are trying to sell you things rather than just give you good information. Um, so, um, it, it, and another piece of that for uh, consumers would be uh, excessive claims that businesses might make. Uh, take this herb and you'll be better tomorrow. You know, <laughs> uh, we'll get rid of your um, prolonged illness in a week. You want them to um, step back a little bit from that and look for something that is either from a .edu website or a .org website, and then do a little more digging, see um, what they can find out about who the author of the website is. Um, what would they be looking at when they're uh, trying to evaluate who the author is? Well, you might want to know that it's a 
a professional, a, a pharmacist, a physician, a nurse, um, somebody that has medical expertise. And they will usually be, you can usually find out on a good website who the author is of a given piece of information. And um, lots of times there may be an affiliation with a healthcare institution or a government agency. The, the federal government has a national center um, for integrative medicine. And you can um, count that there, on the fact that there's somebody that's reviewing the quality of the content um, when you can see that there's a, a professional um, in charge of that and um, whether it's in an organization or a, a university, college, hospital, um, for example. So I just want to add that I would also look for websites that um, where uh, herbalists are represented, where nutritionists are represented, where other professions as well. So it does not always have to be a conventional healthcare provider, but someone Absolutely. who is trained in their areas. So Absolutely, because they have their own reputation to, pr to protect and um, they don't want people to have bad experiences with of these course. therapies either. They want them to uh, get better of or course. feel good. <laughs> yes, definitely. So when you're looking at uh, to um, uh, guide and counsel someone who's a healthcare professional and they're looking at the website, how would that differ? What, what, what are you suggesting that they should do? Well, for them, I think there's some things that are really important. Uh, one of them is how recently was this updated? Um, you know, things can linger on the internet for years and not be updated. They're just kind of garbage in the internet that's floating along. Um, and we don't want them to be using outdated material could be dangerous. And the other thing is I would want them to be able to find um, studies that would support what's said on the website. So there should be references given so that they can find out more about it, uh, the statements uh, that are made. Adverse effects too. I mean, you don't want a healthcare professional um, to miss out on the fact that a given therapy might have an adverse effect that would be particularly um, bad for a particular patient or an interaction with other medications or treatments that they're having. Um, and those things might not appear on a consumer uh, website, but healthcare professionals should always be concerned about those. And, and there are some important interactions that can happen, for example, between herbs and medication. Okay. Uh, when you go online, when you are evaluating uh, different uh, type of websites, you mentioned the importance of the ending of the website. So .edu's are academic institutions, .org are organizations, like maybe American Di uh, Diabetic Association or something like this. Um, you also mentioned um, uh, dot uh, govs uh, earlier, or at least uh, you implied that uh, information from government uh, uh, organizations would be an important important element um, 
in this uh, creating mm -hmm. or uh, solving this puzzle. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit more about like where to find this information from government resources mm -hmm. and do can they provide you additional help in processing this uh, information or learning how to evaluate and analyze it? Mm -hmm. um, they definitely can and the agencies involved work very hard at it. Uh, for complementary and alternative medicine, um, the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health website is a good place to start. Um, and then um, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, also has um, Medline Plus, mm -hmm. which um, is a great source for patient information. Um, and everything is very um, um, vetted. Uh, there. He's, they, they're very careful about what they put out and they try to write it in language that the average person can understand and they will give you links to other sources that they have decided are good quality sources. So it's a very safe place to go and find information. But there's lots of other places you can look. Um, you can get drug information through um, the National Library of, of Medicine website. And again, the, you know that it's been carefully um, uh, curated by the people at the National Library of Medicine. And um, cancer information from the National Cancer Institute. And they all have a wonderful uh, website that has a section for healthcare professionals and another section for patients. You won't find too many of the complementary therapies on that site. Better to look at the one we mentioned first, the complementary and integrative health um, site. Thank you. So in general, if you were someone who is relatively new to the whole field of nutrition or uh, herbs and dietary supplements, where would you start? Would you start with books? Would you start with databases? Would you start with websites? Like, like what is your typical recommendation as a librarian? Um, I think either books or websites are good places to start as long as they're good websites and um, uh, quality books um, that have been reviewed. And then once you are interested in a topic, uh, follow it into the databases to do more research to find articles uh, that summarize studies or give you the study itself on the different uh, aspects that you're interested in. And people that um, don't know how to search the databases can always get help from their librarian. Absolutely. Even in public libraries, in hospital libraries. Um, that's one of the things that we like to do, help both the patients and the, the physicians and healthcare professionals. That is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. So um, you mentioned the databases in general. There is one that is called PubMed that most people have access to. Uh, because we're all paying our taxpaying dollars mm -hmm. for it, to, for supporting this database. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about PubMed? Oh, PubMed's amazing and it's freely available to everybody in the world. So it's a gift we give to the rest of the world's healthcare professionals and patients. And um, it's, uh, you can, they've made it easier and easier for somebody 
who's not a librarian to search. You can just put keywords into the search box and it will give you some results. To do a really thorough research paper, you would want to ask a medical librarian for help because we know some tricks that can make sure you find everything on you the really topic do. you're you interested really in. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so, but there is also something that I learned, which I usually teach my students, is the fact that there are a lot of tutorials on the actually uh, on the PubMed website that uh -huh. you can uh, learn and educate yourself if you really decide that you're very proficient with books, you, you understand the websites, but you really want to dig into this literature and mm -hmm. the, the scientific literature and kind of learn a lot more from it. Right, that is very true, and those are easy to look at, they're short and easy to understand, so great recommendation. Wonderful, thank you. Um, Julie, as our time comes to an end, I have a couple of questions. So one of them is, do you have anything else that you want to share with our audience that we might not have discussed? Uh? Well, um, I've done a lot of research in the past for a physician who worries about um, companies that push uh, supplements to consumers. And so I'd like people to, and especially healthcare professionals, to be aware of that. And the two of the big areas are weight loss products mm -hmm. and muscle building products. Okay. And because of the research I've done for him, I know that some of these um, products have very dangerous side effects, especially if they're used in excessive doses. Um, and it's um, very difficult for the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, to crack down on these um, companies because they have to prove that people um, developed an illness or passed away because of the supplement. And so lots of them just keep being marketed and marketed. And so I feel that's an area um, that everyone should be a little bit aware of and do more research if you're looking at products for those two uses. But um, it's also another message to be careful uh, about getting good information and not just the sales pitch. <laughs> I, I am very, very grateful that you're bringing up this idea of reputation among the companies. And so one of the goals for me on this podcast is to share with uh, this audience um, companies that are really highly uh, reputable, that have been in business for a long time, that have a lot to lose by producing uh, lower inferior quality of supplement or uh, herb or, or, or any type of uh, dietary supplement. And so I'm very grateful for this reminder. And so we will continue talking about it in the, f in the future episodes as There's well. There's another thing I'd like sure. to mention. Um, uh, I'm very fascinated, as I think Dr. Dvork and Camille is, um, with how people in different ethnic backgrounds use complementary and alternative medicines for healing. And I think this is a wonderful uh, area of interest to explore. Um, many times these are the, it turns out the natural products or the therapies being used are 
beneficial when research is done on them and they've been integrated into the family's culture. And as healthcare professionals, um, we really need to be thinking about that when uh, a patient of a different background um, comes in with an illness to ask what they're doing at home and um, find out more about it. And really recognizing there that like maybe another a generation ago, all our grandmothers and great-grandmothers were really using a lot of this natural substances and herbs and you know botanicals and this is what was primarily used for treatment of majority of the conditions and so thank you again yeah. thank you for that reminder my last question for you is if our listeners want to uh, learn more about medical libraries and medical librarianship where would you recommend them to go either on the web or in general? Where to learn more? Well, I think of two places. Um, one of them is the National Library of Medicine. And that organization has a terrific new director, the first woman director ever, Patricia Brennan. And she is um, taking us into it's kind of like a space trip. She's taking us into a new realm where we're going to use the skills we already have to help manage this whole universe of data science. All the data that's being collected about genetics and um, different uh, ways that uh, people grow and uh, so forth has to be organized and searchable and she's taking us there which is very exciting very. Um, and then the other place uh, that I would suggest people could look is the Medical Library Association which is our professional organization and the group is very interested in helping people join the profession if they were are interested in doing that <laughs> thank you so much and best of luck to you thank, thank you, you. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to explore any of the resources mentioned in this episode today, please head over to the show notes, wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash eight. In addition to the resources, with Julie's permission, I'm sharing with you five steps you should take when evaluating any new website to make sure that the information is credible and will serve you well. Please subscribe to the show to get the future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you.